Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Q. It's really good to see you all. Um, obviously, Chris and Anne are away in Salt Lake City doing their thing out there, so uh, it's been left to us guys to, uh, to run it. So we really hope that what we've put together for you tonight, um, you really enjoy. Um, but just before we get started, um, Jean Potter, we all know and love her. She's an absolute fantastic member of the community here. Um, she received some quite um, distressing news uh, today um, in the family. Um, and you know, with these situations, it's always tough because uh, you're aware that you're not experiencing it, but yet at the same time, it's very real to somebody. And, and sometimes you ask, well, what is it that you can give? And I personally believe in these things, really just being family and being connected and offering that sense of thought, um, really ushering good thoughts of well-being and goodness and love and kindness. And that in spite of the things that are going on, that somehow we can offer that sense of support to Eugene. So if there's anything that you need from us, uh, please do shout. Um, the other thing I wanted to say as well was, um, I don't know if you remembered, but... Um, my, uh, Chris and Ant's next door neighbor, they received some quite bad news about three and a half years ago now. And I was at the gym the other day and she was there. And, and I said to her, I said, oh, you know, you're looking fantastic. And she said, yeah, is it amazing that the prognosis was so negative and yet here I am three and a half years later working on my abs, she says. And I thought, well, you know, sometimes we can't figure all this stuff out. But what I want to do tonight really is say that through, it's sometimes hard through fear to get a different thought because fear can be absolutely crippling. And we've just watched in that video, you know, at first I'm feeling a bit emotional, but it's hard because I'm so aware that it can look as if you're pulling down people's experiences and it's nothing to do with that all but what we're trying to offer so desperately is that throughout this we can change the way we see things and it somehow takes away the sting out of those things that we're going through. You know, I don't know any of your stories tonight but some of you will be going through some incredibly difficult things but what we want to get you to at Q is that in spite of what's going on, somehow the way that you see things doesn't necessarily have to steal your joy. And that's what we really want for you tonight. So I hope that that's warmed things up a little bit. I hope you've, you've seen my heart there. And I'm trusting that rather than fear being the dominant emotion, that tonight we just get a sense of goodness, that somehow we don't know how this is going to pan out. And that, you know, I'm believing that there is a power that encompasses all things, that somehow we will find a way and we will get a breakthrough and that we will see what, what this situation completely turn, turn around. So I ho hope that's okay for you, Jean. Yeah, we love you. We love you. Okay, so um, on the back of that, um, the reason we used the video tonight uh, uh, was, is because we're going to talk about focus and where our attention lies. And uh, we've had some great conversation this week and, and there's been a part of me that's felt like I wanted to not do it. But at the same time, the amount of conversation that's been had really has pushed me to think that it's even more right to do, which is just fantastic. So we started with the focus video and then we then went on to sing Beautiful Messed Up World, the whole thing of the world is getting worse, so they say, but I just don't buy it. There's beauty in everything that life throws at you if you're looking for the truth. Now, that's often easier said than done and we all experience some of those difficulties. Now, one of the things that we want to discuss tonight is how important are our beliefs? if they ultimately shape our worldview. They clearly are very, very important. Uh, now, do our circumstances dictate what we believe or does what we believe change the way we view our circumstances? Now, I've been doing a lot of research recently on the whole concept of placebo effect. Have any of you heard of the, the placebo? Yeah. Now, a placebo is basically 
a pill that is given to somebody and yet it doesn't have anything, it's basically made up of sugar, but the physician doesn't tell the person they basically think it's the pill. And the idea is, is to see how much the belief of that person affects their health. Now, it's a scientific fact that there are many studies that have proven that placebo effect happens. Um, I was looking at a particular medication where um, it was specifically for people who wanted to read, grow their hair, right? And they gave this pill that was just sugar. And 10% of those people regrew a full head of hair with a pill that had nothing in it. But get this, they also experienced the same negative side effects as the pill that also had the actual chemical in it. Now that's quite fascinating, isn't it? Um, so there must be something that is very strong in this issue of belief. Now, I also found something out today on the back of a message that I'd got from Elle. And if I hadn't have got that message at 2.30 this morning, Elle, what were you thinking? Flipping heck. I wouldn't have actually ended up, and I don't even know how I found this word, um, was nisibo. Have any of you heard of the nisibo effect? So nisibo is when, even if you are being given treatment that works, your negative belief stops it from working. So nisibo is, somebody gives you something that says, this is going to fix you and this will fix you, but it doesn't because the belief is nothing that you can give me will ever work. Now, when we've been talking about the, the concept tonight, I think often as people and as a society, we can get to the stage where we almost just resign to the fact, this is just my life. This is what I've been handed. There's no good. There's no hope. And in a way, we can't really call that good news, can we? Now here at Q, we believe that we have something good to offer, and I would like to believe that that good news is that we actually believe there is a solution and there is an answer to the things that we're facing and what we believe about life. Now, so I don't want anybody here with a nocebo attitude tonight. I want us to be sat there, it's a great word, isn't it? I want to be sat there believing what we're going to offer you can even just give you a slight, slight bump up in the way you're feeling, yeah? So, um, it's interesting because it talked about focus in the, in the first video. And we've talked here a lot about the common enemy concept where people tend to unite and talk about things that they, that they agree with and that they feel the same over. Now, what's interesting about that is that doesn't do us actually any favors. Now, it might, bring un it might make us feel unified, but often what happens, the more we unify with people who are feeling the same as us, we tend to talk about the very same problems and whilst we're talking about the very same problems, we wonder why then we still feel as bad about the issues that we're facing. It's interesting because I, I follow a lot of people on uh, social media, um, YouTube, things like that, groups, where if I put a comment that disagrees with a particular mentality and says, but come on, guys, I'm sure we can just think a little bit better about this, I get blocked. Now, it's, uh, that really spoke to me this week because there was a particular instance where it happened. And I thought... Why is it that when we offer a solution to some sort of pain, the instant response is, I don't want you offering me that? And we've got to ask the question, do we really want to sometimes get out of where we are? Or have we just become so comfortable that we don't almost think there is any other, other option to how we live? Now, just briefly before we move on to the next, the next set, um, most of you know the story of Adam and Eve, right? Now, a lot of people teach it as the, as the beginning of time, the actual physical creation story of when, when life started. 
I personally, I'm not so sure whether I believe that, but I do believe that as a piece of literature, I believe it's incredibly insightful to how we can understand humanity and where we've got to. Now, it all began with the garden connection, oneness, Adam and Eve walking with God, eating from the tree of life. Everything that they needed was flowing to them continuously. There was then a suggestion by, was a serpent, um, literally a serpent, um, that suggested that somehow things weren't okay, that actually you could, be, you could be more than this and you could have your eyes open and you can see everything as it, you know, as it is. So they take this fruit, which was an apple, right? An apple. Now with the eating of that fruit came the gushing in of this thing called good and bad, right and wrong, nice, ugly comparisons. All of a sudden, they could see things like they'd never seen things before. Do you see, we've gone from being unified and aligned and centered with God in the garden, eating from the tree of life, allowing everything to flow, to all of a sudden getting our eyes on something that clearly caused a problem. It said, then the both of them looked down and saw that they were naked. Nakedness had never been a problem before, but all of a sudden, it was causing a problem. So, where are we going with all this? Most of our beliefs are formed because of a comparison-based mindset. We are constantly looking at others and assessing where we are in relation to where we think that they are. So if we don't have money, we feel shortage. If we don't have a partner that we want, we feel shortage. If we want particular kids or we think their kids are better than mine, we feel that there's a shortage. You get where I'm going with all of this. Comparisons, we're comparing ourselves all the time. But where the lie comes is that we believe that them having more somehow makes them happier. Do you see the problem here? So we've often said that people with no money can be happy and people with lots of money can be happy, but the opposite can also apply. So what we want to get across to you tonight, it's not about the stuff, it's about what you believe. We want tonight to get back to the place of oneness, the sense of connection that never falters in our life's journey, to encourage us to take our eyes off that which we lack and lift our sights to the endless possibilities of what can be. Our quest for joy will continue. So that's your welcome. I hope that makes sense. So we're now going to sing a song, me and Connie. And when we picked this, uh, we were obviously thinking of song selection for this week. And uh, we'd said, what's going to lift people's spirits? And we did this song last week for the Halloween show. It's, um, what's it called? No Matter Where You Are. That's good starting. What's it called? What we singing? And it was just great as we sang it to see people's faces just light up and smile. And that's the objective of tonight. We want to lift your spirits just a little bit, even if it's just one step. So when you go out of here tonight, you feel a little bit more enlightened, yeah? So on your feet, you might not be able to get sing along, but just... Feel the spirit of it, yeah? Good evening. I get to share a story with you. It's, it's a, short, a story about a Mexican fisherman. So an American investment banker was at the pier of a small coastal Mexican village when a small boat arrived at the dock with just one fisherman in. Inside the small boat were several large yellowfin tuna. The American complimented the Mexican on the quality of his fish and asked how long it took to catch them. The Mexican replied, only a little while. The American then asked, 
asked, why didn't you stay out longer and catch more fish? The Mexican replied, I have enough to support my family's immediate needs. The American then asked, but what do you do with the rest of your time? The Mexican fisherman said, I sleep late, fish a little, play with my children, take siestas with my wife Maria and stroll into the village each evening where I sip wine and play guitar with my amigos. I have a full and busy life. The American scoffed, I am a Harvard MBA and could help you. You should spend more time fishing and with the proceeds buy a bigger boat. With the proceeds from the bigger boat, you could buy several boats. Eventually, you would have a fleet of flishing, flish, flishing boats. Fishing boats. You would Instead of selling your catch to a middleman, you could sell directly to the processor, eventually opening your own cannery. You would control the product, processing and distribution. You would need to leave this small coastal fishing village and move to Mexico City, then LA and eventually New York City, where you will run your expanding enterprise. The Mexican fisherman asked, but how long will all this take? To which the American replied, 15 to 20 years. But what then asked the Mexican? The American laughed and said, oh, that's the best part. When the time is right, you would sell your company stock to the public and become very rich. You would make millions. Millions? Then what? The American said, then you would retire, move to a small coastal fishing village where you would sleep late, fish a little, play with your kids, Take siestas with your wife, stroll to the village in the evenings where you'd sit wine and play your guitar with your amigos. It's a great story. Um, now, obviously, the American saw that there were few fish and that for him meant a shortage of what was possible. But the Mexican himself didn't see that shortage and he actually realised he would only end up back where he started if he spent 50 to 20 years pursuing the belief that he didn't somehow have enough. And it made me think, might the love, happiness and contentment that we are seeking already perhaps be more within our reach than we sometimes recognise? Now, Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. That sounds to me quite close. And David, the songwriter, said, goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. All the days. That doesn't sound to me like there's the shortage there and in fact it actually makes me feel better because if it was all the years of my life it might be sort of down to chance which days ended up good but if there's somehow goodness in every day and somehow all of the source of everything good is at hand I think that sounds like there might be a chance that at least once a day I hit something good and that's going to be good news. The Mexican says, I have enough to support my family's immediate needs. And I think sometimes what we have to be willing to look up and see is that right now, somehow, there's enough for what you need. And perhaps this next clip talk, well, explains a little bit why we sometimes might find that tricky to grasp. Okay, brilliant. Now, one thing I love about Q is the opportunity to contribute, and just different people contributing tonight has been lovely. Jared contributed something this week, which was that movie clip, so thanks, Jared. Now, when I was watching it, one thing stood out. What does it say? Struggle. Hands up if you struggle. I think we can probably all put our hands up. We all know what it like, feels like to struggle. But what struck me about that clip is there were three people. We had Hermione, Ron, and 
Harry, okay, we know our Harry Potter. Now, did they all struggle in the same way? Did some struggle more than others? What struck me is that Hermione didn't struggle quite as much as Ron. Would you agree? And I thought, ooh, there's something in that. There's some good news there for me because I struggle. But what if somebody has some answers that could help me in my struggle so that instead of panicking, I can relax through it? Would that be good news? I think so. Okay. So a couple of weeks ago, we put a slide up. If you could pop the slide up for me. It talks about shortage. And, oh, no, the one that's shortage is purpley, I think, Rob. And uh, it provoked a lot of discussion, which is good, because we like discussion and we like conversation. But let's read it. It says, shortage of time is not your problem. Shortage of money is not your problem. Shortage of connection to the energy that creates worlds is at the heart of all sensations of shortage that you are experiencing. Now, the reason this created a lot of conversation was because some of us were like, well, that's not true. Actually, my problem is that I don't have enough time. My problem is I don't have enough money. My problem is I don't have enough opportunity. Or my problem is that I don't have kids. I don't have enough kids. Other people are saying my problem is I have too many kids. <laughs> but I think it provoked a lot of discussion. And it got me thinking so much this week about how it's so easy for us to get comfortable believing that the solution to how we feel in life is out there somewhere. If only I had more, if only I had more of this stuff, then actually something inside would change. Um, I believe God might have pitched in on this because he sent me a letter this week, so I'm going to read it to you. On paper, because he's old school. It says, Hi guys, nice and informal. I've got some bad news. Unfortunately, you're stuck. You are all unfortunate victims of your past your upbringing, your circumstance, and your experience. Who you are is just who you'll always be, and you can't change as much as you might want to. Life just makes you feel the way you feel, and you can't do anything about it, so you better get used to it, everyone, because this is as good as it gets. This is happy, isn't it? The way that people make you feel, you can't help that. You're hardwired to feel lonely. You're genetically predisposed to be depressed, the hopelessness you feel can't be helped. Your low self-esteem is actually a pretty normal part of being a human being, and holding on to resentments and unforgiveness, well, that's just human nature. So, sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but you're not actually free. You're stuck. So, good luck, and sorry about that. <laughs> okay, that wasn't God that sent me that, by the way. I just wrote it. <laughs> I know, you're all shocked. But who wants to settle for that? If that's a perspective on life, and it's a quite extreme, isn't it? And it could even seem quite insensitive. But I think it's where I can find myself sometimes. And I wanted to tell you a bit of a story about that in a personal sense. But first, I just wanted to say, at Q, we have a heritage that is built on not settling for things. We don't believe we're called to be settlers in life. We believe we're called to be pioneers. Pioneers don't just say, well, this is where I've ended up, so I better stay here. They say... Maybe there's another way of thinking, another way of being, and we're on a quest to find that thing. Is that the kind of spirit we want to have? I think so, because it means that, okay, even if I go on a quest and I realize where I got to was a great place, then great, I can, I can be there. But maybe there's something better than that. Okay, you can put the other slide up now. We're talking about shortage tonight, 
And uh, I like kind of wordplay. And when I was thinking about that, I thought there's two kinds of shortage. There's one, I don't have enough money to buy this ice cream shortage. But there's also electrical shortage. Um, or they call it a short or a short circuit. And that got me thinking. So I thought I'd just do a quick little science test for you all. Um, we have a source of power, like your plug or your battery. And then that connects to... Next slide. Well, in a circuit, you can have these things called resistors. Who knows what a resistor is? Okay, the basic idea, I'm not super clever, but the basic idea I got from Wikipedia is that <laughs> resistors resist. I know, it's deep, isn't it? But um, resistors basically resist. They stop the flow of electricity. So we have low resistance or we have high resistance. Next slide, please, Rob. Now, if we have low resistance, then actually lots of power flows through. If we have high resistance and we resist lots, limited power flows through. I think I'm fairly safe that that's the basics. It probably is a little more complex than that, but that's the basic idea. Now, the reason I thought this was quite inspiring is I thought, sometimes I feel like I have not much energy flowing through me. Sometimes I just feel like there's not a lot of power going on. And I could just say, well, I had a busy day. But a lot of the time, it's because I'm putting up some kind of resistance to maybe all of the goodness that is flowing all around me. And I think the big resistance we put up in life is what Joel was talking about earlier, comparisons. We look at what we have, we look at what other people have, and suddenly we think, actually, my life isn't quite as good as I thought it was because they've got that and I haven't got this. And um, that happened to me this week, and I just wanted to tell you about that before we do the next video. Because, you know, we did the Enneagram stuff recently. The reason that's really helped me is because it revealed a lot about my personality and part of the way I need to grow as a person is being more honest because I tend to just be like, woohoo, everything's cool and I just put on a nice performance about everything. But actually, I think being honest is a way that I'm going to grow as a person. Um, so, something happened to me last week. I was just on the interweb um, surfing around and I thought of a friend of mine who um, I've been friends with for a long time um, and he's a musician and I found out online that he just made an album and uh, I had to listen to it, and it was brilliant. It was really, really good. And so how did I feel? Something in me suddenly felt a lack of energy. It was like I just felt low, and I felt like suddenly a bit, a bit hopeless about my life and a bit worthless. Has anybody ever found themselves feeling like that? Especially when you're online sometimes, or maybe you look at another person's life and how incredible it is, and suddenly you compare your life to their life, there's quite a few people nodding around the room, and suddenly you think, why am I feeling like this? So I remembered something Antha talked about a few weeks ago, where he was talking about a lamp over here, and he was turning the lamp in and out. Hands up if you remember that. Excellent. And he was talking about how there's a connection you can make in life that can suddenly bring you to life and make you light up. And the connection was gratitude, an attitude of gratitude. He talked about, actually, you can make this connection to appreciate all of the things that you have rather than what you don't. And that's how I turned that around. In that moment, I suddenly thought, I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to settle for just feeling like, well, I have to feel like this. My life is what it is. And that person has more money, more opportunity. They've had more experiences. They've got to do this and I haven't got to do that. I suddenly stopped and went, hang on. Let's think about all the things that I do have around me right now to appreciate. And I started thinking about my family and my home and my friends, and the community that I have, the opportunities that I have, the abilities that I have. And suddenly, with that appreciation, came kind of a lightness. Suddenly, there was an energy, because I wasn't resisting in the same way. Now, what happened in that moment was quite cool. I suddenly felt different. 
And then I thought, Do you know, what? I really want to buy this album. In fact, I want to support this guy. I went in about three minutes from feeling like, don't like this at all, this has just made me feel awful, to I actually want to give something to this person. Um, and the story we're about to say, uh, watch next, is a guy called Tony Robbins who tells a similar kind of story of how he went from a place in life of feeling everything was a shortage and he saw everything that he lacked to feeling that actually he could be someone that contributed and made a difference. I hope that's helped. Enjoy this. Wasn't that Dory video awesome? I mean, to some degree, that video just sums up where we've been heading uh, tonight. And that, um, that's two different perspectives running parallel to each other. You have someone who's constantly saying, it's not going to happen, just give up, this, that, and the other. And then you've got somebody else saying, well, why should we give up? It's, you know, it's going it's to be fine. We're going we're to get through this. Um, and I really hope that all that's been taught tonight has given you some sense of relief in a way uh, that in spite of some of the situations that we face, there is always something else uh, that can be grasped and there can, al there can always be a slightly better thought that we can have just to give us that sense of relief because you know life can be tough um, and life can be a struggle but at the same time it can also be how Dory perceived it also be absolutely fantastic and did you notice how when they let go the water uh, sprung them into exactly the place uh, where they were wanting to be anyway just to summarize before I ask the guys to come and uh, sing with us um Part of the spiritual journey, I believe, and you look at a lot of faiths, they talk about this, um, is the issue of maturity, is growing up. Um, you know, when we look at scripture, it talks about becoming sons, inheriting sons. Um, and I think a lot of the time, one of the reasons why we struggle in our lives is because we can often view things with quite a, in quite a childlike way in that we're still wanting others to somehow make things right for us and to, if they'll change, then I'll be okay. Or if they'll give me this, I'll be fine. Um, the whole point of being a mature son or coming to spiritual growth is understanding that you yourself are responsible for the way that you perceive things and how you feel. And in spite of all the negativity that sometimes we face, it's ultimately up to us in how we are going to approach that situation and whether we're going to view it as in, like Danny was saying earlier, there's no hope or we view it with a perspective that says within this, we will find life and we will find goodness and it will teach us something from this experience. Um, I was talking to Amy uh, in the office this week and we were talking about what do we feel that church should be? What should it actually be for people? And we were saying that in the past, we've often said that church should be like a hospital. It's a place where people come with their needs and their wants. And ultimately, we try and offer the medication or the help that gets you through that particular thing. And I agree with that, actually. I believe that we should be a place that people can come to with their very specific needs and that we can say, okay, in your situation, this might work for you. Go and try it and hopefully it will make you well. We then came up, well, I say we, Amy then suggested something that was quite powerful. She said, if we're not careful, we can switch from being a hospital to being a hospice. Now, when, when she said that, I was really quite moved and I thought That's, that is really powerful because how many of you know that a hospice is actually palliative care? A hospice is somewhere where people generally go when there is no longer anything that can be done and it's just basically to make them comfortable, which is wonderful, but usually it's at the point where they can no longer offer you a cure. 
Now, I don't want Q to be a hospice. I don't want Q to be a place that we say, come along and just basically, like Danny said, live out your life, just coping, just, you know, hoping that, well, I hope I get through tomorrow. We want it to be somewhere where we really do have the answers and the keys that are going to be able to release you into a really, really joyful way of being. That's what we really want for people. And it's what I want for me. I'm not fully there, but I really do want that to be my life story. You know, I don't want to get to the end of my life thinking, well, wasn't that a sludge? You know, wasn't that just, uh, I say sludge, wasn't that really difficult and hard? I want it to be that in spite of all the experiences, positive and negative, we get to the end of our lives thinking, well, wasn't that a blast? Yeah? And I, and I really want that to be our, our story. So we're going to finish with, your latter will be greater, because I really think it's important to declare what we want to see, not declare what necessarily either we're going through or being through. We're going to set our sights just a little bit higher and trust that, like Jenny was saying, we're not, let's not think about months or years ahead. Let's just think about right now, in this moment, this experience is going to be better. It's going to be greater. And let's make it the final declaration of this afternoon. And hopefully you'll go out those doors feeling just a little bit more enlightened. Yeah, here we go.